Hi, I'm Ari Mizell, and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, everybody, welcome to the new year, 2016. Uh, This is episode 199 with Chip Franks of Joe Volunteer. First of all, Happy New Year again. I hope everybody had a very wonderful New Year's Eve celebration, if you did, and are looking forward to this new year. I hope that you make this the most productive year of your life. Uh, because that's what we want here at Less Doing. <laughs> so uh, thank you for being here. I, I just got back yesterday from Miami with my family. We drove from Miami to New York City in two days with a pregnant woman and three kids. And I have to say it was not that bad. Thankfully, I had a lot of podcasts to listen to and the kids were great sports. And we got back and it was a great trip and I'm happy to be back. And it just made me think about routines And, you know, New Year's Eve or New Year's for a lot of people is about setting new intentions, new resolutions, new routines. But for me, it was just nice to get back to an old routine. So whatever you have planned for the new year, I hope that you have plans for sticking to it. And whether you're going to use something like the Pavlock, which is something that I use to shock myself into not snacking and creating some other habits that I wanted, or you're simply trying to create a streak where you check off every day that you stick to a particular habit, Good luck. Most New Year's resolutions fail because people just don't plan them outright. But in this community of life hackers that listen to this podcast, I'm sure that we're going to have a higher success rate. So before we get to the interview with Chip, I want to share a couple links with you. And I also want to remind everybody that if you are in the New York City area on January 22nd, I'm hosting what I'm calling my one last talk. And that's my last talk before My wife gives birth in February. It's going to be a free event, but it's extremely limited. And if you're interested in coming to that event, you can text the word LDTALK to 33733. Again, that's LDTALK to 33733. It'll be on Friday, the 22nd of January at 8 p.m. on the west side of Manhattan. Again, it's a free event, but it's extremely limited. And I hope to see some of you there. So uh, there's a new website or a new uh, web service coming out called motion.ai. And it looks like IFTTT for artificial intelligence, basically. So what they're trying to do is make it so that you can, without programming skills, basically build artificial intelligence. Now, it's a tall order, but this looks pretty amazing, I have to say. Um, so you you basically, you can build a... Basically, each robot gets its own text, its own phone number, which you can text with. It has its own email, uh, and you can interact with it as with AI. So you can use it for travel booking or for order taking. So if you're a restaurant, for example, you could build an artificial intelligence robot with this service that could take orders for you and then deliver it to you in the way that you want. Um, you can use it for accepting payments, home automation, all sorts of stuff. And the demo is really cool. Basically, if you can draw a flow chart, you can create artificial intelligence is what they're saying. It's uh, it's pretty cool looking. And I can see a lot of ways this could be really powerful. One of the things I keep thinking about this for is for the, the less doest virtual assistant service because one of the things we'd like to be able to do in the future is to be able to have some level of 
artificial intelligence categorizing tasks. So as we continue to grow and we have more assistants specializing in more things, an artificial intelligence robot will be able to identify the task, get the parameters of the task, and then issue it to the correct virtual assistant. So that's just something that I have in mind. Uh, but this is really, really cool looking. Um, the next thing is along similar lines. It's actually called Alloy. And if you're any, any of you are familiar with Workflow for the uh, iPhone, it, it, first of all, that's a great app, Workflow. And basically Alloy is very similar. It allows you to automate actions that you do on your phone. Now, uh, the way I would compare these two is the way I compare IFTTT and Zapier. IFTTT is free and simple, and you can do a lot of really cool stuff with it. Zapier you pay for, and it works with a lot more services, and it allows for much more complexity. Um, that's how I see these two. Workflow is very, very straightforward and very easy. And uh, Alloy definitely is more complicated. It's not as intuitive from uh, from my experience with it so far. But because of that, you can do much more complex things. So these are the kind of things that are not, they're not crazy automations, but they're the things in the phone that would take you a little longer to do. So for example, uh, you can post today's photo with an added watermark to Facebook. So if you were going to do that yourself, you would maybe take the photo, then you would go to some app to add a watermark to it, then you would go to Facebook and you would upload the photo. So, you know, it's not a lot of steps, but it's definitely a few steps. And with this, you can create that as one sort of workflow and we'll do it in one action. You can upload a bunch of new photos to Dropbox and send links of them by email. You can send a canned SMS to somebody, which is kind of cool. So uh, those kinds of things. If you think about it, it's the kind of things that you do on your phone that might take you a minute or even less, but you're doing them all sorts, all, like all day long, and this can just make them easier and quicker, and you don't have to think about them as much. Um, now I just want to stop for a second and remind everybody that if you are tuning into the Less Doing Wadcast, which is our daily automated podcast that creates a workout for you so you can get fit in less than eight minutes a day, then I hope you're enjoying it. And if you haven't checked it out yet, please do check it out because it's really been fun. I've been using it personally and people have been really liking it. And again, it's the world's first 100% automated podcast. We turned the switch on uh, a couple months ago and haven't touched it since. And every day, a new, unique, really great workout podcast comes out. So there's an article I want to share from one of my favorite websites, which is Barking Up the Wrong Tree. And it's about how to stop feeling guilty. Um, and there's a whole bunch of research in here from Dan Ariely to um, some Harvard studies. But uh, the summary, basically, there's one of the things that they that they point out that I think is really important, which is to stop magnifying. And basically what they say is that we tend to blow out of proportion the bad things that we do. And the example that they give, which is a great one, is that if you're on a diet and you're or you're on a uh, you're, you're trying to lose weight or whatever it might be and you mess up once, you know, you have that extra chocolate or I guess you have that piece of chocolate cake or you have a donut or whatever it is. We tend to tell ourselves that we basically ruined it for the rest of the day. And that usually ends up to more of that bad behavior. And basically they're saying you should ask yourself if this, if your self punishment fits the crime and usually it doesn't. So we tend to be harder on ourselves uh, and provide and express more guilt than we really should be. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but it's worth stopping and asking yourself that question: is the is the feeling of guilt that I have right now really commensurate with the you know the quote unquote crime, basically? So I just I thought that was nice. Now there's a this is a really cool concept. It's called Flip Lease, and it basically is the from what I can tell, it's the first peer to peer 
leasing marketplace. So you can basically get out of your lease for an apartment without a hassle. Uh, you list your lease and then basically uh, qualified renters will take over your lease and stay for the remaining months or even longer. So uh, the the company pre-qualifies the tenants, which is great. They get their rental history, their proof of credit, income, everything. And then uh, they, they match you up. And this is cool uh, because if you, first of all, well, there's two sides of this. One is if you're actually renting the apartment and you decide you want to move on to something else or move up or move out, whatever it is, this gives you an option to uh, basically break your lease without penalty. And of course, this is subject to your lease, your lease allowing this. But I, I have, I mean, I am a landlord currently. And I can say that in my experience, if somebody finds a suitable replacement tenant, there's really no reason not to let them out of the lease. Uh, the other thing about this is that it possibly makes for a new kind of business where you can, just like people buy and sell real estate then uh, flip properties, you can now flip leases. So you might be able to get a lease from somebody cheaply uh, or below market for whatever reason, and then you can turn around and flip it for above market or at market at least and make a profit. It's a pretty cool new kind of marketplace. Uh, this is a really random one, but it's called uh, Go Elevator. And it's the world's first team-based hiring platform. So, w- what I like about this, so I remember, you know, for probably probably two or three years ago, it felt like every other week there was a new career listing website from Monster to Simply Hired to Indeed, all these different things, um, and uh, you know, they all have their own different little twists to them. But this is the first one I've seen where you're looking to have a team acquired. So. People might be you might be familiar with the, with the term aqua hired, you know, where where a company might buy another company simply because they want that team, they want that that group of developers and the leader and the marketing people, whatever it may be. The example they give is that Ben is a software developer and he does his best work with teammates Megan and Singh, and he also dreams of working with his college friend Ryan. So what he does then is he signs up with Elevator and basically puts each of these members into the team. And then Elevator's algorithm evaluates the team based on experience and they find job opportunities. And basically you get to talk to a recruiter with your whole team. So this is this is a pretty cool concept because obviously there's the idea of strength in numbers. It's very possible that you as an individual developer or engineer or even a marketing person may not be that valuable, but as part of a team where you guys just do amazing work together, that's something really special. And I have to say as somebody who hires people, the idea of getting a team that already works well together and has synergy is very, very appealing because it's they might have some sort of culture that you, you would never be able to replicate. So I, I love this concept, Elevator. Now, this next one is called Appifier. It's a web scraper. So if you're not familiar with a scraper is, basically it's a, a program or a, a, some sort of script that runs and will pull information off a website, but it does it automatically. So there's a number of ways you could use this. Uh, This is one of the easiest ones I've ever seen to set up. But uh, for example, you could decide that you want to see all of the listings for a particular car on carmax.com, whatever it is. And so you can have this Appifier web uh, service look at that search every day and pull that information into a spreadsheet if you wanted to. You can do this for pricing information of your competitors. You can do this for images if you want it. You can even pull images off of things. So it's, scrapers are really, really useful if you want to be pulling basically any kind of regularly updated information off of a website 
in a structured manner. So really, really cool stuff. Um, and now the last one I want to tell you about today is called brain.fm. This is, I, I'm very excited about this because, it, well, okay, well, so I'll tell you what it is. So brain.fm basically is a, it's artificial intelligence generated music to improve focus, relaxation, or sleep. Um, so what this is doing, and this is, I want to spend a little time on this. Basically, we have brain waves, right? We have different brain wave activity from uh, theta and our, our and beta and, and alpha waves and everything. And so, these are different brain states that we're in. Everything that we do affects those brain waves, from sleeping to being stressed out, relaxed, um, hungry. All these things affect those brain waves. And the idea behind Brain FM is that these waves can actually be affected from external sources. So what they're doing is they've created this music and it's, it's again, it's artificial intelligence generated music. It sounds just like music, but there are particular waves, audio waves in there that essentially, I guess, coax your brain into matching with those frequencies. So you can use this for focus or relaxation or sleep. And I have to say, so I've tried it for focus and for uh, relaxation. And I don't know if it's placebo or not, but I really felt like it worked. And uh, you can, it, it, I mean, it's, there's no harm in trying it, first of all. And you can do all sorts of tests that we've talked about before, like Lumosity or Peak or whatever it might be. But uh, this is one of the more fascinating things I've seen in a while. And, you know, you want to talk about nootropics and things that you can take a pill to try to improve cognition, which definitely I recommend, I've recommended it before. But this is... I mean, you're just playing music. And so, what, I mean, what they claim is basically within 15 to 20 minutes or so, you're going to feel a tangible difference. So I'd love to hear members of the Less Doing community try this and see what they think. But so far, I like it. Um, okay, so that's it for today. We're going to get to the interview with Chip Franks of Joe Volunteer, who's created an app to help connect volunteers to opportunities where they can be useful. Chip is an awesome guy. Uh, I, I've gotten a chance to hang out with him a couple times. And after you listen to this, I hope that you support the app and, and even get on it and become a member of Joe Volunteer. So without further ado, again, happy new year to everybody. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can all do together in the coming year and enjoy the interview. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice 
and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now speaking with Chip Franks, who is the man behind JoeVolunteer.com, and we're going to get to know Chip a little bit and then hear about Joe Volunteer. So how are you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks, Ari. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. So before Joe Volunteer, what, who is Chip Franks? Okay, uh, I am um, a father of three children. Uh, I have a 15-year-old, 11-year-old, and a three-year-old, the amazing Alec, mm -hmm. and uh, married to Laura, and I, I think that always comes first. And then uh, I, I also I, I own a real estate company that does both sales, and then we have a property management company as part of that as well. Okay, so... And and we met through uh, Joe Polish's event, which actually we're both going to be at next week, which is it's good timing for this. And absolutely. And and how did you get the idea for for Joe Volunteer? Well, and what is Joe Volunteer, honestly? Okay, well, Joe Volunteer it is a movement that uh, is trying to connect worthwhile organizations with people that want to help. And the way that we're going to go about doing that, there's a lot of ways, but we're going to be using a tool. That is a, an application for your smartphone that looks like uh, an Uber for volunteer work. And that, that's the idea. And that's one of the, the biggest tools that we're going to be using to connect people. And we're trying to make volunteering as friction-free as possible. As I, I don't know if you've ever tried to volunteer or help out. Uh, there's a lot of hoops that, that you have to jump through sometimes and you don't know who needs help and what the organizations are all about and that type of thing. And those are the, the problems that we're going to solve with Joe Volunteer. Now, and, and I mean, I, I kind of know the answer to this, but I want to tease this out for everybody. Like, volunteering is not that easy. That, that's it's, correct. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, I, my, from my own knowledge, like, my wife once wanted to volunteer when she was, when, before she had, before we had kids, to, for uh, an animal charity. And there was, like, a waiting list and then a selection process, and it was, it was kind of crazy. So why is it such a hard thing? You know, it's, it's strange because some opportunities in some areas have a lot of people and have a waiting list and can be very selective. And then other places are just begging for more people to help and, and really will take anybody that, you know, that, that has a pulse that, that wants to do that. And I think with each place, uh, there's a lot of friction with it because you don't know the process and how to onboard people and who to help and uh, and how much time it's going to take. Because I, I know for me, for instance, I'm happy to help out. But uh, when you come in and they're like, well, we'd like you to do this uh, for three hours a week uh, until eternity, sign here. <laughs> you know, it's just it's something like that is a little difficult with it. Uh, so, yeah, as far as the different places that, that go, man, they, they're all different. And that's something we're trying to standardize and help. Uh, and our Joes are going to be helping with the onboarding process. Yeah. So how are you, I, I, you sort of described this, but it, it, more logistically, how are you actually going to attack this? What, like it's like Uber for volunteers, but is organizations using it or the people using it? How, how's it going to work? Yes, the organizations will post their volunteer opportunity on, onto the app, and it's going to be very easy for them. We've already, actually already started working on the app uh, with this, but they're going to post their opportunity, what their places are like, how they help people, uh, who they need to help, how many people, uh, what times, and that type of thing. And when they post it on the app, of course, it, it rings out, and uh, we're going to do a, a push notification to all the people that signed up for that particular type of volunteer work. 
be it an animal shelter or a homeless shelter or the children's hospital or something along those lines. And as far as the logistics of this, uh, we are doing a beta test in the Austin, Texas area to try and shake out the bugs and see how it works and where all of the bottlenecks are and, and get that settled and, and working well before we go nationwide with it. And the idea right now is to have each Joe, a volunteer, go out and we're going to have a video set up on the app and uh, a way like a, a how-to tutorial for them to go through and how they can approach an organization to sign up for Joe Volunteer to, to put their opportunities on it. And that's that's the idea is to actually use the volunteers to help build the network. And is this for people to get sort of long term volunteer relationships or, you know, just for like a, a specific event? Uh, it can be for all of this. And yeah, I think the way that this is going to go, uh, a lot of this, uh, we don't even know how it's going to be used in, in a lot of ways. So this is kind of a new thing. So it can be just for people that just have, say, 30 minutes and they want to go to a nursing home to, to talk with folks. They could sign up for that. Or it could be for someone that wants to sign up to do a long-term type of arrangement. So yeah, we'll be able to do, to do all of that. Which is which is wonderful, obviously. I mean, that's it's, it's going to... It's going to fill such a need that's it's amazing. So and and now how are you having the app created? Because you're doing a crowdfunding campaign, right? Yes, so we sure are. A crowdfunding campaign that's going to be on Indiegogo, and uh, actually we're launching at Joe's event uh, at the Genius Network event, and oh, he's going cool. to yeah he's going to talk to to all the folks there uh, about it. And uh, obviously it's a room full of uh, very influential people, so we're hoping to get some uh, backing and support uh, for that there. And uh, and right now we're actually we're designing the app and we're working on it. We're trying to make it uh, addictive in a very good way because we want people to get addicted on helping other people, which is a good thing. And we're, we've already created wireframes for it, the ideas uh, behind it. And uh, and again, it's something that we're going to iterate a lot because we, we don't know for sure the final form of it. But we have a, a very good concept and we're going to take it from there and, and try it out in the real world. And then more specifically, too, about the creation, you know, where, because obviously it's interesting to people who listen to this podcast in particular, but how, how are you having the wireframe? Like, where do you find people? How are you outsourcing the process? Okay. Well, uh, part of what we're doing is the less doing assistance, uh, which uh, is, is fantastic. We're doing that, and, and they're helping to outsource the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, but uh, honestly, this, uh, this came to be because Joe Polish had mentioned it on his podcast that he thought there is a need for something like this. And I heard it and uh, kind of picked up and ran with it. And uh, when, uh, and throughout all of this, Joe has been kind of a, a, a mentor uh, towards it and helping out. And he says, Hey, you need to meet this person and talk to this person. And, uh, and that's actually how we hooked up with our, uh, our app developers who are based out of Krakow, Poland. So that's ah. kind, of, kind of interesting. Yes. And they're, they seem to be doing an excellent job and they're, they're part of our fundraising video and, uh, and they're kind of coaching me too on how to do this the right way. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, cause the app development process is something that is, it can be very intimidating for a lot of people and, uh, some people have good experiences, some don't. So that, that's good that you're having, having a good experience. <laughs> Yeah, and and I can tell you, I mean, this is this is my first time doing it. So I mean, if, if folks right. are out there, you know, don't be scared to to jump into a big idea with it. And, and this whole process has been serendipitous. I mean, things have happened exactly as they should, when they should, and I, I think there's something behind that. Yeah, of course, and, and that and that's that's 
important to point that out. And, and the other thing too, is that you basically heard an idea on a podcast and were like, I, you know, I can do this, which is, which is admirable. And, and it's not so much that in my opinion, that it's necessarily like a special quality per se, because I, I've had those experiences as well. It's more that people should realize that, that it's really, you can do this. Like if there isn't, you know, maybe you don't have the idea, but you can implement it. Absolutely. Yep. And, and yeah, I can tell you just uh, about a year ago, I was uh, somewhat depressed with life and just uh, uh, had a great business and a great family, but I was thinking there was more that I should be doing. And uh, when I I did that, I heard the idea and I thought this is something that could be spectacular. This could literally help millions of people. And that's that's the, the idea. And that's our big, hairy, audacious goal is to get out there and actually increase volunteerism tenfold across the entire world by, by doing this process. And just picking that up and running with it and just knowing and having the faith that it's going to work out and that we will <laughs> that we will learn the things that we need to learn as the, the time approaches for it, uh, just as long as we have the perseverance and the passion and uh, and just the absolute will to make this happen. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, again, which is great. Now, Let's talk about your productivity because you're obviously very into productivity and you're, you know, you're managing your family and your businesses. And so, and you also, you have a very, you have a pretty good bend on health and, and you're always posting pictures of sunrises. So like what's, <laughs> what's sort of, what's like sort of your general day look like, you know, not that there's a typical day for any of us, but what's, the, what's a day often like for you? Well, uh, man, I, I wake up very early. I'm part of the 5 a.m. club now, uh-huh. uh, which is something that's, that's very good. I, I like to do that. And uh, right now I am doing a um, just a, I have a ritual every morning where I get out and I meditate. Um, so I, I, I do that. I do a gratefulness session just where I write down all the things that I'm grateful for. And uh, throughout the day, I don't always get to it in the morning, but I always try and have a, at least uh, 10 good ideas on something. And I, I write those down. And, and that's just my, my daily ritual to kind of prime and to keep myself uh, moving in the right direction. And actually, I, I get the kids ready, take them to school. Uh, my son gets on the bus at an absurdly early hour. Uh, so I have to get him up and ready uh, at uh, 6.30. He goes on the bus. And then my girls go into school. And then from there, I actually have a few hours at home uh, until I, I'm waiting for my son to get home from his school. And he gets home at noon. And during that time, it's my project time. It's just where I get time alone, where I can uh, focus for at least two hours on doing something that the major uh, major outcome for the day usually. And then I get him, take him into his child care provider. And then I actually get to go to my, my daytime job, which is my real estate brokerage and uh, stay there usually until about five, five thirty when I have to pick up my son again, then we go work out and then come home. And, and then it's just family time from, from that point on. Did you say we go work out? You go work yes, out with so, well, uh, he, he's three, so yeah, he, he would like to. He's actually done yoga with me. He thinks that's pretty fun. But, uh, but uh, he goes to the gym with me, and he's actually my accountability buddy because I pick him up every day, and he's like, the gym? The gym? Let's go to the gym. So <laughs> he enjoys awesome. doing that. Yeah, so uh, they have a child care facility there, and they take care of him, and he's like a rock star when he comes in. So yeah, they, <laughs> they love him. That's so. so great. Yeah, and I see your pictures of the amazing Alec as well, and it's always very heartwarming. So it's always nice to see people balancing or integrating rather family and and business i think (laughs) 
Absolutely. Um, and you've had a good part of that too. So I, I appreciate what you're doing. And I'll just give you an unsolicited plug here that uh, the less doing methodology and using followup.cc and I had already been using Evernote. So I, I do that, but just your whole methodology for outsourcing things and having it done is spectacular. And uh, it, it's made a big difference in my life. And I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Now, uh, and, and another thing, and so there, I'm asking slightly more personal questions to you just because I have more interaction with you than I do with a lot of guests, and I've seen you interact with the boot camp and stuff. So uh, do you meditate? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. And how do you and, do that? Uh, uh, there's been a, a few ways. Right now, I'm, I'm using the Headspace app. Oh, good. And, uh, I'm following that. So that that was something I heard, and I don't know if I heard that on your podcast. Um, uh, uh, I've mentioned but, it, but I don't I don't specifically recommend that one. Okay. Yes, uh, I, I've uh, I've used Headspace for it, and also I do an Anthony Robbins process sometimes, and I don't do the same thing every day. But he has a priming process where he does some breathing exercises, and then he goes through. Uh, a gratefulness, just where he starts thinking about the, the things in his life that he's grateful for uh, and blessing other people in, in the process and then thinking about the three things that, that you are accomplishing, either that day or the, the things that are most important in your life as, as far as getting them done. And then uh, so I go through that and that's about a, a 10 minute process. And then after that, I just listen to some crazy music and just get all pumped up and, you know, jump <laughs> up and down and, and uh, just start the day off right. And then, of course, that's when I usually wake up the girls and they're uh, pretty sick of me being in such a great mood <laughs> that early in the morning. <laughs> so that's that's generally how it works. Yeah, it's funny, right? The the yeah, the 5 a.m. club is an interesting thing, honestly, because uh, I used to be a member of the 4 a.m. club, but one of the problems that I had or have is that with our three boys, if I'm if I'm awake and doing something, I think there's like an energetic thing that happens in the house and someone will wake up. And so yeah. it's like I ha it's almost like I have to be like incognito until one of them wakes up. So I, can, I don't get to do that anymore. And it's actually something that I miss in a lot of ways. And and I will get back to it at some point. Uh, but wh whenever I travel I, I, by myself for work, I do that. So. Uh, this week we're going to be, I'm taking my mastermind coaching group down to Fort Bragg for, uh, something with American dream university. And I, we're going to be up in the 5am hour to be doing PT with the soldiers. So we'll see how everyone adjusts to that. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know if they will. Well, I grew but. up with a Marine dad, so I know all about the early morning PT. So, ah, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, so uh, when, this is a question I've never asked anybody in the podcast before. And again, because you are familiar with less doing this, is, I'm actually just, I want to ask you. Uh, so you know how I often say that 95% uh, of the things that people do on a regular basis can be done by other people or other things. And there's that yes. 5%. So what do you think your 5% is, Chip? Oh, wow. You know what? I would say to set the vision and to, uh, to set up the system so it runs. Okay. And actually something that I did uh, a long time ago is I had, a, even before less doing came along, I had this idea of just being a ghost in the machine. And that is that the, the business and the process runs without me being there, period. And yeah, I, I guess I got that from a lot of different places, but someone has to come up with the idea and someone has to set up the system and uh, hire the people to, to make it happen or outsource the people to make it happen and to measure the results and make sure that it is happening okay, on a regular basis. And something I, I remember I got from the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki is that you don't have a true business unless it runs without you. And that's the, the idea and the concept uh, behind that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's that's fine. That's actually just just what what I would say. So, 
that's that's the five percent is actually setting it up and making it run, and then working on the the big the the big ticket items, the the things that move uh, hopefully a lot of people and inspire people or. Uh, just just time with your family, which obviously you can't outsource, at least certainly not effectively. Uh, and that's that's what you do. That's that's great. Again, I've never asked anybody that question, so that's a really good answer. Um, okay, so the last question that I always like to ask on these interviews is, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Okay, the three pieces of advice. All right, and, and I'd say the first one is think about your big why. And now I know that, that you teach and to optimize, automate, and outsource, and that is a very great strategy. And things like the external brain and, and uh, follow-up.cc are great tactics. But the actual war uh, is something that people need to think about, and that is what for? You know, why are you optimizing, out, uh, automating, and outsourcing, and what's your reason for doing all of this? And uh, I mean, I don't pretend to know a lot of uh, the, the folks listening to this, but um, I think Jim Rohn said it, uh, and he paraphrased a teaching from Jesus saying, to become great, find a way to serve the many. And if you're doing that in life, and I, I think that all of the, the strategies and tactics and everything else need to support that. And it's a, a cliche, but begin with the end in mind. And, uh, and of course, if people want to serve, they can uh, go to JoeVolunteer.com and sign up to be a Joe to, to help other people. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two, um, a second piece of advice is to begin and continue a self-development project. Now, I know that you had, when you had Crohn's disease, that you had to get better as a person to be able to, uh, to be able to do the things that you had to do. And that led to less doing and, and this podcast and all the people that are listening that are getting blessed from all of this. But if you are listening to this right now and you haven't done it already, begin a self-development process. And that is, to, to make you better, to, to get you in better shape, to, um, to become more efficient, and again, to, to serve the many it, as a way to do that. And I'd say the third one, um, and we already talked about it in the podcast, but develop your very own daily practice. And that is yeah. you know, rituals that, that serve you and help. And, and if you haven't done it, uh, read the book, uh, James Altucher. I think he's a friend of yours, I, I yep, believe. Yep, I know James. Yep. But uh, the Choose Yourself. And that actually made a big difference in my life uh, in reading that. And he talks about a daily practice and doing something physically and mentally and spiritually for yourself every day and emotionally. And I started doing that uh, over a year ago now, and it's just it's changed my life completely. So I do the idea lists. Uh, mentally, and I do uh, gratefulness where I write things down. And then something that really helped me out, um, and this will make everyone feel great if, if they do it, and that is I try to do at least one kind act for another human being every day. And I give myself bonus points if uh, if I can do it anonymously. I just feel like a, a stud because that's just between me and God or, or whoever uh, that know about it. And it's uh, that's something that's really made a difference. So uh, I think that uh, Hal Elrod, he's got the Miracle Morning, uh, which you might want to try, or Noah Kagan. Uh, he does his Gebby practice, which is gratitude, exercise, breakfast, and you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but just what I'd say is, do a, a daily practice every day that just makes you a better person and that just primes you for the rest of the day to, to do great things. And those are my, my three pieces of advice. Well, those are fantastic, Chip. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and again, just tell people one more time the URL so they can find out more. Absolutely. It's joevolunteer.com. And 
you can find out more about it, read the blog on it. But really, if you want to help out and you want to spread the, the word about this or be in the loop on it, just sign up to be a Joe. And we call our, our volunteers Joes. And uh, we'll email you and tell you exactly what's happening with it. Uh, there will be podcasts coming out uh, at the first of the year uh, that are uh, stories about helping other human beings and uh, being a better person and, and just giving the news about Joe Volunteer. And uh, this is going to be a great movement. And we'd love to have, have your listeners be a part of that, too. Awesome. Well, Chip, thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you next week. Okay. Thanks a lot. Harry. Looking forward to it, man. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.